Welcome to Meldon Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon, founder of Meldon Law and practicing attorney, helping injured folks put their lives back together after a serious accident. Uh, we're very pleased to uh, be with you today. Uh, we're almost two and a half years into this uh, podcast, so we've had a lot of really exciting guests, and today is no exception. Uh, Jamie Kraft is going to be joining us, uh, Director for the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Center at the University of Florida. Uh, so uh, he's going to be telling us all about what's going on in uh, the world of business uh, regarding entrepreneurship and innovation and uh, what are some of the cutting-edge technologies that we're going to be seeing evolve over the next few years. Uh, as many of you know, uh, Meldon Law was founded in 1971 in Gainesville, Florida, and we're uh, very proud to uh, be the only official uh, law firm sponsor and partner of the Florida Gators. Uh, we take a portion of our profits and push it back into the community to help uh, Gator sports. We love Gator sports. We actually show up uh, for all the Gator games, whether it's uh, football, uh, gymnastics, basketball, uh, uh, softball, uh, baseball, all of them we love, and we really uh, are proud that uh, the University of Florida decided to partner with Meldon Law as far as being the uh, first and only uh, law firm uh, sponsor, partner, supporter of the Gators. Uh, we don't do their legal work. Uh, but we do support them financially, and we help them publicize what's going on uh, in Gator sports uh, with the idea of getting you all out there to enjoy the first-class programs that we have. Uh, for example, uh, this week, uh, the men's basketball team got an invite to the uh, NIT tournament, and on uh, Wednesday, March 15th at 7 p.m., they're going to be playing University of Central Florida in a big game. Uh, that same night at 6 p.m., the Gator, Lady Gators softball team's playing uh, Bucknell at 6 p.m. And then on the weekend, the Gator baseball team, who's ranked anywhere from number two or three up to six in the country. I mean, they are good. Great pitching, great hitting. It's amazing. I've been almost uh, uh, half the games uh, so far, and uh, we love our, lady, our uh, uh, Gator baseball team. Anyhow, first week for SEC play. Alabama comes in Thursday night at 7 p.m., March 16th. Uh, Friday night at 6.30, and they close at 4 p.m. on Saturday. And Melvin Law is going to be having a fan fest from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, spin the, the wheel for free and win a prize. Look for us when you go to the Gator baseball game against Alabama on Saturday. At, uh, get there a little early, and you can uh, hang out at... Uh, and see uh, what's going on. As a matter of fact, we're very excited, uh, my wife Patricia and myself, for the first time ever, 
are going to be able to throw the first pitch out for the game. And uh, usually it's uh, one person throwing and one catcher. This time we understand for the first time in Gator history, there's going to be two catchers. So I can throw to one and Patricia can throw to the other to open up uh, the big game against Alabama. So uh, come and join us. It's going to be a blast. And across the street, uh, the Lady Gator softball team is going to be playing uh, Missouri March uh, 17th, 18th, and 19th at 6 p.m. on Friday, 2 p.m. on Saturday, and 1 p.m. on Sunday. So uh, enjoy it. Uh, the weather's beautiful. It's still cool. And uh, we really uh, have a blast. Uh, on another note, the Lady Gator Gymnastics uh, team is going to be uh, competing. Uh, we've got uh, the SEC tournament coming up and then the Nationals. So uh, uh, the Lady Gator gymnastic team could win it all this year. They're that good. Oklahoma is making a strong run, as is Michigan. Uh, Utah's there uh, lurking behind the top three, but uh, the top three are definitely Oklahoma, Michigan, and Florida. So uh, uh, enjoy it. It's all going to be on TV. So you don't even, you know, it's not going to be in Gainesville, but it will be on TV. And for those of you that like gymnastics, uh, the, the Lady Gator gymnastic team is world class. We've got tons of um, potential future Olympians on our team. So check it out. Uh, another big uh, deal going on uh, at the Matheson Museum in Gainesville. Uh, from uh, 11 o'clock to 4 o'clock, uh, starting Wednesday through Saturday, uh, Melden Law is sponsoring uh, the history of uh, music in Gainesville during the 1970s with all the uh, rock and roll acts that came here, particularly uh, the Great Southern Music Hall, which uh, I founded along with Jim Forsman in 1974, and it had a four-and-a-half-year run and produced the highest quality music ever presented in Gainesville, Florida uh, for that period of time. Uh, we consistently were putting on top name acts. I mean, if, if you come to our office, hire us for a case and you'll come and you'll see our, uh, my montage of uh, incredible pictures. I mean, Jimmy Buffett, Waylon Jennings, uh, Muddy Waters, uh, Minnie Ripperton, who was a local favorite, Bo Diddley, uh, we, we had uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Ray Charles, uh, uh, Howlin' Wolf for you blues fans. And uh, it, it was a, a nonstop uh, 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 show for four and a half years. So uh, we're very proud of it. And what we did was we took the collection of pho uh, photographs from our house photographer, John Moran, and he dug them up after 45 years and was able to recreate them and actually enhance them by digitizing them. So uh, we have had a blast. There was a, we had a big symposium with all the original folks from the Great Southern Music Hall there on uh, February 24th. And I think we're going to be doing it again uh, sometime uh, later on. The exhibit's going to be there for uh, a while. So... Don't miss it. 
It's uh, 513 East University Avenue, right next to the main library downtown in Gainesville, and uh, check it out. Uh, the Riley Auditorium has got some great entertainment going in Ocala, uh, as well as WIC. I mean, uh, the World Equestrian Center is really uh, kind of the epicenter right now because it's wintertime, uh, and uh, the horses, a lot of people bring their horses down to the World Equestrian Center in Ocala because the weather's great and uh, there's a lot of competition going on. The facility is uh, like the Disney World uh, for, for horses, so take advantage of going to uh, uh, Ocala. Silver Springs, we, uh, on this podcast, we uh, had some of the movers and shakers for Silver Springs, and wow, they've done an incredible job of taking that park and really uh, creating a world-class experience right here in our own backyard. And Silver Springs has uh, been world famous for the last uh, 80 or 90 years, uh, if not longer. So uh, check that out. Also, uh, Hartwood, Hartwood Soundstage. Uh, our good friends uh, over at Hartwood, Dave Malash and uh, Ho Chitama, are just week after week, day after day, putting on terrific uh, musical uh, entertainment that will uh, really uh, get you as far as uh, its diversity and the frequency that they're putting on top-notch talent. Uh, during May, oh, get your ticket for the Wombash at Hartwood. It's coming up in May. I think it's May 12th. Uh, the Wombat Station 90.1 putting together a uh, festival. Uh, it's going to be a one-day festival at Hartwood featuring Sister Hazel. So those of you that are Sister Hazel fans will be able to get them. Go to uh, the Wombat, uh, WMBT90.1.com, and you'll be able to uh, buy your ticket uh, the first night, Friday night, is free over at First Magnitude, and they're going to have some great uh, entertainers there uh, on Friday night, so you can uh, see what's going on. But let's support the arts locally uh, all over North Central Florida, and it's, uh, it's a great time of the year to be outside. Uh, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. Anyhow, um, again, I'm Jeffrey Meldon. With Meldon Law, uh, we are the um, uh, premier, uh, and I'm proud to say that, personal injury law firm in North Central Florida, here since 1971, helping folks just like you put their lives back together and deal with a serious injury as a result of an accident. So anytime you want to get a hold of us, our website's meldonlaw.com. Or you can give us a call at the office, 352-373-8000, and we'll be glad to uh, help you uh, from day one. Uh, the sooner you get a, a hold of us, uh, the more we can provide help and assistance to uh, figuring out what to do. And if you're not sure whether you have a case or not, give us a call. We'll give you the uh, lowdown on what you, you need to do in the event 
that you want to learn about uh, buying Florida auto insurance, I wrote a book that's been recently updated. It's called Buying Florida Auto Insurance. Again, uh, MeldonLaw.com or the office 352-373-8000 is the best way uh, to get my consumer guide on how to protect yourself and your family by purchasing the right kind of Florida auto insurance. And the book is free. It's not hard. As a matter of fact, in one page, I summarize all my recommendations. So you don't have to worry about uh, doing homework. Uh, I made it really easy. Another book I wrote was Seven Mistakes That Can Wreck Your Florida Accident Case. And it tells you uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, what to do and what not to do as far as uh, your own personal injury case or a friend or family member. So uh, let's uh, uh, check them out. Uh, they're free. And we usually send some swag when we send you the the book, so it's a good way to get some free information that will help you uh, figure out what your needs are. We are getting ready to go to a break, and after our break, I'm going to be back with Jamie Kraft, Director for the Entrepreneurial uh, and Innovation Center at the University of Florida. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes on Meldon Law and Friends. Meldon Law has been serving personal injury victims since 1971. In those days, Jeffrey Meldon's presence as an attorney in the music scene dubbed him with the nickname, The Hippie Attorney. And although times have changed, two things haven't. Our commitment to bettering our community by helping the injured. Albert, are you ready to go to the game? And our love for the Florida Gators. If you bleed orange and blue, Melden Law is the firm for you. Jeffrey, what are you doing? Well, I'm joining the band, of course. Since Melden Law is the official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, I want to help. Dad, we're litigators. Let's stick to helping people in the courtroom. Well, can we still hang out and jam a little bit? At Melden Law, we won't back down. I was going down a one-way street and a girl that was driving her car T-boned me on my scooter. I ended up going for an MRI and discovering that I had two herniated discs. Coming to carry allowed me to not have to worry about what doctor I was gonna see or what physical therapist I had to go to. They say, these are the people we trust. You're gonna have a great experience there. And I honestly did each time. Call Melden Law. Your consultation is absolutely free. I was driving behind a lady and very suddenly she moved out of the way. There was a log laying in the road. And when I hit my brakes, I went on top of the log. I had two herniated discs. I just haven't been the same since. Jeffrey Melton fought for me all the way. Him and his team really went there for me. Throughout the whole lawsuit, he made sure that my bills was paid. It was never no whenever I called him and asked him for something. Call Melden Law right now. And I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. 
but Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Meldon because you're going to need help and they will help you. Call Meldon Law right now. Hey, Sammy, look who's there. Say hi. Hey! <gasps> you again! Melvin Law, Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! Somebody else! Yeah, yeah. Here we go again. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. Those of you that uh, saw that last uh, commercial, my uh, wife Patricia loves being in uh, those uh, commercials with Elio Piedra, our good friend, the music man from uh, Gainesville, who's really an amazing uh, entrepreneur. He created a studio and is uh, doing many, many different things within the community, starting his own radio station uh to fiesta and he's gonna he's also gonna have a uh, big uh festival out at hartwood uh during may i believe so anyhow check it out uh we always support our local businesses and uh good segue uh i'm jeffrey meldon from meldon law and my guest today is jamie Kraft, director for the entrepreneurship and innovation center at the University of Florida, and uh, Jamie's been there 20 years, focusing in on economic performance evaluation, competitive assessment, strategic development for clients and in the manufacturing and consumer product um, arena. And uh, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you, uh, glad to be here. Uh, you know, you, you said I've been here 20 years, I've actually been here 50 years. I was born at Shands Hospital. Oh! Just okay. down the hill, so I was born here. <laughs> My son and daughter were born yeah. in Shands. It's a good place, uh, yeah, definitely. And, and so, uh, well, that, that's great. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, all the OBGYNs over the years, God bless them, they, they have to get up at 3 in the morning, you know? Yes. And that's why they have teams. You know, yes, they, yes. they usually have three doctors, because what a life trying yeah. to, you know, like, care for all the um, tough. Uh, pregnant mothers uh, who are who do not deliver babies on a time schedule. That's right, exactly. They don't right. do nine to five. What, no, kind, never, of, what never. kind of a deal is that? <laughs> Absolutely. The OBGYNs, bless their hearts, uh, and everybody else involved. That's tough, for sure. So anyhow, um, uh, welcome to the show. I Thank want you, you to um, give our listeners and viewers a little bit of information about what is Mm-hmm. Uh, going on at the Entrepreneurship Innovation Center at the University of Florida. Yeah, for sure, and thank you. Uh, so uh, I've been there for 20 years, uh, but our mission has not changed, and that is to teach, coach, and inspire students to be entrepreneurial in their lives, to adopt an entrepreneurial mindset. That is to say, you don't just have to launch a company. You can leverage entrepreneurial thinking and skill sets in a large organization in a law firm, in an academic setting, as a doctor, or in a nonprofit. And so the goal is to try to inspire these students, provide them some coaching, and help them to master those skill sets. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we would love them to launch companies, but it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's hard. 
Um, but we do see quite a few students doing some amazing things. A lot of the businesses here in town we've had started by our former students. Uh, and, you know, typically at the end of the day, we, we give them some runway, get out of their way, and, and they go off and change the world. So we teach courses, we run programming, we have extracurricular activities, all with the goal to try to help these individuals achieve their dreams. And when I say students, I don't just mean students on campus. We do programming for uh, Eastside Gainesville Entrepreneurs. We do program, I've got the, the shirt on now, for uh, disabled veterans, all to help those individuals who want to start and launch something or change the world. Now, um, I know um, there's the, uh, I don't know what it's called, the Innovation Center, what, mm -hmm. uh, Second Avenue? Yes. Now, is that a different kind of a deal there? Yeah, so UF Innovate is the entity whose primary focus is to help commercialize all the technology at the university. So a billion dollars worth of research taking place on campus, things, if we go all the way back, like Gatorade, to help get that out into the marketplace, faculty are doing amazing things. So their, their first charge is to really work with all the faculty researchers to get it out the door. The second would then be to try to get that technology into startups, to work with uh, high-level PhD students to get the technology out the door as well. So they're focused primarily on faculty and research. We're coming up from the other end dealing with undergraduate and graduate students. So what you're trying to do is give the uh, students the, the tools necessary so that when they go out, uh, they don't spend uh, 10 years trying to figure out yeah, uh, what, what, you, you give them a head start and you give them some tools they wouldn't have otherwise. That's right. That's right. If you're going to fail, fail early and fail here when you have maybe a comfortable setting to do it and you can learn from it and you don't have a lot at risk. But yes, when we think about tools, it's can you identify opportunity and, and mitigate risk? Do you know how to leverage resources? Uh, can, can you create value and, and, and convey a compelling vision? Uh, it's those kinds of things that the entrepreneurial-minded individual will be really good at. And we have a set of tools that go into that tool belt to help them get better and stronger at that. Who are some of the thought leaders that you know, are writing books that uh, you're really um, keen on? Uh, John Mullins out of London Business School. He's, he's great when it comes to uh, entrepreneurial activity. I think one of my favorites is, in fact, he and Randy Komisar, one of the investors in Silicon Valley, have, have written a book called Getting to Plan B. Um, I think when I think about ecosystems, um, uh, I think of Brad Feld out of Boulder, Colorado. He also has, has written uh, some good books. When it comes to entrepreneurial teaching, uh, one of my favorites is, is the folks at Babson, Heidi Neck, and others who've done some amazing things as well. So those are the folks I like to look to as well as stealing ideas from everybody doing all these things at other universities around the nation. And we all work together and share lots of thoughts and perspectives as well through some of our national conferences. So it's, it's interesting because at Melden Law, the last four years, we've been uh, scaling up. Mm -hmm. And we've been using a book called Traction by mm -hmm. John Wickman yep, yep. Uh, as one of our Bibles. Absolutely. Of. that one's So when I bring my guests in, I like to ask them, what book might you recommend to the students? That one's come up a lot. Yeah, and then the other one that I brought with us today is The Self-Aware Leader by John Maxwell, who's been a leader in uh, the entrepreneurial field for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And a um, couple things that I, I wanted you, I, I was going to kind of read them, and then you sure. respond to it. Sure. Okay? Uh, uh, Number, now, he's revealing questions to ask about team members, mm -hmm. okay? And uh, he says, question one, are the people on my team following me? He says, 
All leaders have two common characteristics. First, they're going somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Second, they're able to persuade other people to go with them. That's right. That's so right. Give me your feedback on that. We kick off our entrepreneurial leadership class with the quote, uh, you know, really strong leaders get people to maybe do some of the things that they might not necessarily have done on their own. And you're exactly right. When, when you see some, if I say to you, uh, Jeffrey, we need you on our team. We are going to work nights and weekends. This is going to be a really, really tough journey. By the way, I can't pay you. You're going to have to put in some sweat equity. You've really got to believe in the vision. You've got to believe in my leadership, and you've got to want to go into the fire with me. So the passion that that potential entrepreneur brings to the table, the ability, as I said, to convey that compelling vision and get you to want to go with me on this journey is going to be super important, especially, again, when we have all the roadblocks and we're, we're, we're going through setbacks. So, yeah, as, as, as an entrepreneurial leader, you have to get people to join you. You're leveraging resources oftentimes that you can't pay for in the early days. Investors, employees, suppliers, partners, customers, we got to change the world. The kids can't wait. Let's go and do it yeah. as an example. Well, and, and I think, um, you know, what we found is when you're starting off, you can't afford to hire the talent. That's right. Uh, one of the, yeah, they asked me what my role is at um, Melden Law. Uh, right now, after practicing law for 50 years and being the founder and CEO of the firm, I say, well, my job is to attract talent and develop leaders. Yep, that's right. And, and if I can attract talent and develop leaders for our firm, then mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like um, everything else falls in place. That's right. Get the, I mean, Jim Collins, get the right people on the bus. And, and prepare them to be the ones who rise up and eventually lead the company in the future. Didn't he write good to great? Good to great. That's exactly out of good to great. Absolutely. So a timeless I'm, classic. So anyhow, <laughs> by, by way of background, I was a finance major at Ohio State. Uh -huh, okay? okay. And ever since um, college and through law school, I've always been interested in reading, you know, books by these uh, legendary authors. Mm -hmm. um, I find it fascinating. Uh, the message... Um, it's not like the message has changed that much over the years, mm -hmm. right? That's right. That's right. You know, I, 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 I think you're right. I, I, I think, you know, being an honest leader, having integrity, leveraging humility, making sure you can get people excited and getting out of their way, being able to delegate, those are things that, by and large, haven't changed. The industries have changed. Potentially, companies have changed. Maybe the work environment has changed, but you still got to be able to motivate folks and get them to do these yeah, things. At, at Melden Law, we uh, uh, we pay for and encourage everybody to uh, join the Dale Carnegie Leadership uh, mm -hmm. Course. It's an eight-week course uh, mm -hmm. commitment, three and a half hours on Tuesday night, and it's amazing how uh, giving uh, team members the tools yeah. uh, can get what I would call buy-in sure. into uh, the process. Sure. No, that's that's great. Com showing that you're committed to them by investing in their future is going to pay off for the company. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm always interested in, um, you know, what goes on in the, uh, you know, we used to call it the ivory towers, right? <laughs> and yeah. how how much that relates to real-world experience. Could you, could you address that, you know, and uh -huh. uh, what your focus has been as, as far as preparing uh, your students for real-world experience? Sure, yeah. No, I think uh, you're right. I, I like to say I'm a bureaucrat. I'm stuck in the ivory tower on that side. The magic happens with, 
with the students who ultimately go out there and make the world better. Um, experiential learning is, is a huge part of what we do. At the end of the day, I think we can put them in the classroom and we can talk to them about topics, but learning by doing matters. Having them write a business plan and compete and pitch, have them actually develop a prototype and talk to customers, have them consult to a company and help kick the tires and solve problems in a real life basis. Those are the ways that I think they can master those skill sets that I talked about before, opportunity recognition, mitigation of risk, et cetera, while actually making a difference. And so that's, that's super important for us. We want them to learn by doing, and we have a handful of programs that are out there to help them that when they get out there in the real world, they're not just looking for A, B, C, D, and the answer's pretty clear cut. It's very gray, and I've got to work hard to figure it out. What are some of the uh, teaching techniques that you use uh, while the students are still students mm -hmm. to help them get real-world experience? Sure. We, uh, you know, we do job shadowing. I mean, we do role play to try to put them in situations where they're going to have to make decisions. Uh, you know, we, we have them work on business models and do consulting experiences. And some of these can be woven inside the classroom, and some of them are standalone experiences as well. Uh, we have a whole list of, of experiential cases that are live sometimes. Uh, we try to get them internships with local companies where we can, in particular maybe some of the companies with UF Innovate or in the innovation space. So all of that makes a difference. And I can tell you that the students who come back and talk to my class 5, 10, 15 years later who've had success will always point to those kinds of experiences on campus. Oh, I was, I was leading the Entrepreneurs Club, and I had an internship downtown, and from there I got into a, one of these mastermind groups where I met a bunch of mentors, and they became my first investors, et cetera, et cetera. So the ones who really get involved, the ones who, who uh, make the most out of what they have access to and the resources, are by and large usually the ones who have tremendous success, even if the first idea is always wrong. They've got a way to figure it out and leverage the resources. Now, do the students come to you uh, after they've got their basic courses, after they have a couple of years, or do they start as freshmen? All across the map. Uh, we have sort of four phases that we focus on with our students. Everything from starting out, which is uh, inspiration, then ideation, then validation, uh, and then launch. And so students get on and off that sort of freeway at a variety of different spots. Freshmen may, freshmen may see a speaker and get super inspired and think, if that person can do it, I can go do it. Somebody else might say, I vetted the business model, I've tested the prototype, uh, I ran my crowdfunding campaign, and I've already raised 30000 They're much further along. So everywhere along the way, and it, it's not unheard of to have some students say, I really want to do this, and then when they get into the thick of it, realize, maybe I don't want to do this. And, and it's okay to learn where you do fit, back to being self-aware. Is this maybe something for me or isn't, or is it something I should wait on or isn't it? That's all part of the journey. You know, uh, we're sitting in a, uh, a kind of a cathedral to uh, entrepreneurship right here at Spurrier's Gridiron uh -huh. Grill. Uh, Freddie Wiebe, who's the yes. uh, managing partner, you know, he built uh, Domino's franchise in Gainesville, Florida, to the world's largest mm -hmm. Domino's franchise over a period of about uh, 18 years. Yes. And uh, he became uh, Steve Spurrier's agent. He also happens to be Melden Law's marketing <laughs> consultant because we, 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 we like talent. And yes. uh, if we can find somebody who's uh, really talented uh, to help us, uh, that's great. 
So we are at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. I want to give a plug for the restaurant because it's not just a restaurant. It's really an innovative uh, concept because it's a museum mm -hmm. that is unique here. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they put it together with uh, great food, terrific service. The team building that Freddie went through, mm -hmm. uh, he didn't open the restaurant until he had the team ready. And there was a challenge because after COVID, <laughs> number one, people weren't going out. And That's then number right. two, to get the talented servers and, and, and yes. the people who were going to really do a good job took a lot. A lot. So it probably delayed the, uh, the progress of this business, you know, almost a year. I believe it. Uh, yeah. However, uh, rather than, you know, start with um, inexperienced talent as far as the folks that take care of you here when you, when you come in, you'll mm -hmm. notice the difference. Uh, mm -hmm. You have a successful business. People come here. Uh, the <clears throat> waiters and waiters, waitresses are, are uh, well-trained. And it's the same concept in any business. Not, you know, when you're, when you're in a startup, you know, maybe you're working out of, uh, you know, a back room that you're renting for a hundred bucks a month. from. Uh... Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no, if you're smart, you're, you're finding a way to get it for free, but you're right. It's, you're, you're, you're working out of, uh, like the Fonz, not that any of your listeners know who the Fonz was, but you and I could know who that is. You're, you're living in the garage apartment, right? You're, you're, you're staying above the place. Uh, yeah. Freddie's a tremendous entrepreneur. He's been involved in our center for years. He's spoken to students over the years. Not a surprise that to see him be able to recreate that success. And you're exactly right. Find a gap in the marketplace, solve a problem. This is something that we didn't have here in Gainesville, and they created a wonderful value proposition, and you know, the success is, is right there in front of us. You know, it's really cool for uh, those folks listening and watching is you can come out here. You'll see Steve Spurrier frequently, mm -hmm. but not only that, this is the clubhouse for um, – all the Gators, you know, all the former athletes, the sports announcers, uh, the donors, the big fans, the people that you know. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you're if you're a Gator fan and you come out here, yeah, uh, you're gonna have a, a really wonderful experience because of the way the whole thing is constructed. Yeah, uh, and and trying to create a uh, innovative, uh, entrepreneurial experience. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they had um, a lot of advantages because they had name recognition, support from the university, and things like that. However, the challenges that they've had, particularly dealing with COVID, yeah. are things that are unique. Uh, how do you, how do you teach your students, you know, how to deal with the constantly changing landscape and the challenges that come along with us yeah. being a startup? For sure. Uh, you know, we tell them all the time. There's the overused term pivot in, in entrepreneurship. So you always have to be prepared to pivot, uh, to react to the marketplace, identify patterns. Uh, don't continue to try to evangelize something the market doesn't want. If they're telling you else, go that direction. Uh, don't, as we've talked about, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Find ways to mitigate your risk, whether that be management team risk, your, you know, your fixed cost exposure, etc., um, and, and be prepared for it to be a winding journey. I mean, there's always going to be things that could potentially put you out of business. I don't think anybody could have prepared for a pandemic. Uh, but I do think those individuals who ran businesses where they had deep customer touch points, they had always done really well by their employees, 
when things got really tough, the customers, employees wanted to step up and help them. Uh, and that maybe goes back to that leadership, right? If you treat people right and do the best that you can by them, when things get tough, they're going to want to try to be there to help you. And so you can't always teach people that, but if we bring enough guest speakers in where they can learn by doing and hear from others that, hey, this is a big deal and don't burn bridges, especially in a small town, you know, business is about your reputation. And inevitably, once that goes sideways, it's, it's hard to recover. You know, we, we're in a mastermind group of attorneys from around the country up in, uh, we meet in Atlanta every three months mm -hmm. and spend two full days together. Mm -hmm. Every one of those lawyers um, has stories about how at one point they had to max out their credit card to sure. keep the business going. Sure. They had to, you know, uh, you know, do the work of uh, the legal assistant themselves and do everything in that uh, because... Uh, there's a lot of lawyers that uh, are not necessarily entrepreneurial, mm -hmm. and they're very comfortable working for a large law firm or sure. for, you know, a very, uh, you know, I would call it more sedentary field, whereas with uh, 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 running a law firm is really not that much different than any other business. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, if you were to look at the Gator 100 list, uh, which comes out every year, which is the top 100 fastest growing Gator found, founded or Gator led companies, there's always a, a, a good number of law firms on there, right? I mean, these are individuals who set off on their own pathway, hung the shingle out there, as you would know, and said, we're going to build a, a, a business and hire individuals. And they've done, they've done really well, for sure. Well, the, one of the things that I'm constantly amazed at is five years ago when I got involved with this mastermind group, all of a sudden I said, oh, you're supposed to run the law firm like a business. <laughs> for 40-some yeah. for years I've been running it like a family, you know, yeah. the family business out of my back pocket yeah, and, yeah, uh, and all of that. Sure. And I think that's pretty common because yeah. when I talk to other lawyers, you know, who have pretty successful firms, they don't really study the business uh, strategies and techniques that right. we've been learning in our mastermind group to mm -hmm. try to, you know, create career paths for each of our mm -hmm. employees, you know, coach them up, uh, create, uh, you know, great experiences for the client. That mm -hmm. That's kind of our, um, what we've learned is that uh, the client experience, uh, you know, rules everything else. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I spent three years with Deloitte Consulting, and our, our uh, I still to this day will never forget. Our mission there was uh, exceed the expectations of our client. That's as simple as that, right? If you do that, everything else should take care of itself. Well, and, and the fact is our best cases come from referrals from happy, satisfied right. clients. That's right. So that's if that's the true North Star, then you just have to get the whole team not only to buy into it, but to execute it, and uh, it's not it's not always easy because you you know some clients their lives have been turned upside down, and the insurance company's not doing what they should do, sure. and you're trying to get them a good result, and they're stressed, and they're so I mean you have to not only be competent in what you're doing, but you have to be a little bit of a psychiatrist as well sometimes. Yeah, you yeah know, that's a good point. How to deal with the client experience is so complicated mm -hmm. it's it's a it's easy to put it into two words you mm -hmm. know uh however 
the client experience is uh, what we, at least what we've observed, uh, what makes most great companies great, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, you look at uh, Apple, Apple and sure. Microsoft and, uh, Absolutely. you know, Facebook, uh, you know, I mean, now even well-established firms that became billion-dollar companies are now facing very unique challenges. Mm -hmm. So explain that. Why, why is it that, you know, these, uh, you know, giants of the, uh, you know, tech uh, age Sure. Uh, now facing unique challenges. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, you have a handful of things. You you certainly just have general mismanagement. So some of them maybe have overhired, as an example, when we saw through COVID. Uh, you have ethical implications of where companies thought they were doing one thing, and you know, sort of the mantra of "Will tech save us? Will tech might kill us?" So maybe some of that is starting to to come into play for sure. Uh, you have uh, you know you have changing culture. And COVID showed that a lot of people wanted to work from home, and tech companies like to have people in the office, and and that's having an impact as well, uh, you know. And then, of course, more recently, you have external factors that are going to make a difference. For example, the the failure of, of of Silicon Valley Bank could have a larger impact in the region for 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 tech companies as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of things at play. At the end of the day. Um, above all else, you're exactly right. You, you, you definitely want to make sure that you're always listening to your client and providing them with the best value possible. Uh, as you said, easy to pay lip service, harder to do, but continue to do that, and you probably should continue to stay ahead of others who say, hey, this guy's not doing a very good job. The client's telling us that, so we'll meet them where they need their needs. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's a very um, complex uh, world right now. You know, uh, earlier, uh, before the show started, we were talking about the impact of artificial intelligence, AI. Mm -hmm. And uh, at Meldon Law, we, we think we're um, on the cutting edge of most things. And, you know, we've been hearing about AI and trying to figure out what applications work. Mm. Um, what, are your, what are some of, of your thoughts about how uh, artificial intelligence is going to come into the business world sure. and uh, make changes? Yeah, we see it. I mean, it's across the board. There's no doubt. And, and as we were discussing earlier with the University of Florida making a deep push into artificial intelligence, we're starting to see it percolate up uh, through all the colleges on campus. And, and, and everybody's trying to think about how does AI help with what they do? Uh, there's another great book out there called Unscaled, which is all about how small companies can begin to compete at scale with larger companies, leveraging this notion of of, of AI and, and, and analytics, and, and and can make a big difference. Um, you know, if you're if you're doing it in the right way, and you're doing it in unique ways, you can make a you, you can add value in the world. The team that won our big idea competition this past year, Fire Neural Network, uh, some physicists out of um, uh, the College of Liberal Arts uh, have developed an, an AI application that will help predict lightning strikes uh, with a much higher uh, correlation and be able to tell what the, the power strike looks like. So that is to say the lightning holds the ground longer. There's a much higher chance that a smolder could break out. So, okay, that's very interesting, right? Now we're using AI, you know, not to create machines that are going to take over the world per se, but hopefully that do good for, uh, you know, forest services and insurance companies, as you can imagine, and utilities. Uh, that's a unique application of AI, and that's just one example. Um, I think there's so many different ways that people are thinking about how to use AI 
for good to make a difference, and we're going to see more and more of our students doing that. Yeah, so uh, by way of example, um, we, we started playing around with AI, and we asked, uh, we, get, we asked it a question, and we actually asked it to uh, speak in the voice of Tony Robbins, okay? <laughs> and you can do that with AI. Yes. So if you wanted to, print, to spit out a, uh, you know, a three-payer, you know, I want a, 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 a thousand-word uh, discussion of uh, what comparative neg negligence means in the state of Florida in the mm -hmm. voice of Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. the computers now can actually do that, which is absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, look, I, I could go home tonight and probably figure out how to host my own podcast show with the voice of Jeffrey Meldon. Uh, you know, and if somebody wanted to be really nefarious with this, right, they could have you spouting off all kinds of crazy things. So there's good in it, and then there could be some terribly bad in it. So we'll have to consider how to continue to regulate and manage that from an ethical perspective. Um, probably like much technology when it's developed, you, you know, we need to think deeper about what's the impact going to be. But hopefully the good will, will outweigh the bad. Well, look, um, there's always, you know, moral... Uh, you know, uh, questions that uh, sure. occur with everything. I mean, look, uh, when computers were, were first came out, I remember I was a law student in Cleveland, and uh, uh, we'd drive by the IBM building at, you know, uh, after we, we'd been out for a, a night of partying at one thirty in the morning, and uh, I'd see a bunch of guys in white shirts with black ties and sport and, and uh, suit wearing suits were working for IBM that was the uniform mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and and the computers filled up an entire first floor of a large uh, office building and the technology that we have just on our um, cell phone uh, is probably 25 times what the capacity was for those computers. Sure. I mean, technology and a greeting card that you open it up and it plays happy birthday would probably blow that away. I mean, it's unbelievable the pace, right, the pace of technology and, and how far we've come. And we talked about chat GPT. Where will that be even just a year down the road? And what's going to be coming behind it? And what are the implications? Everybody's trying to figure out what that looks like. Well, look, I could go. Actually, we're going to have to have you back because uh, we just got warmed up here. But Jamie <laughs> sure. Kraft, Director of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the University of Florida, uh, you're doing a great job uh, coaching up our uh, great students here, terrific students at University of Florida, by the way. I mean, the, some of the brightest kids mm -hmm. uh, ever. And uh, I'm glad that uh, when I went to school, I didn't have to try to get into the University of Florida <laughs> 50 years ago That's because right. it was a whole different deal now. you got to have, you know, not only a 4.8 GPA, which I thought 4 was the highest, That's right? right. That's right. right. <laughs> but you have to have a 1,400 on your SAT or whatever. But anyhow, uh, we have some great students. Uh, uh, Jamie, uh, you're doing a great job of coaching up the kids and uh, preparing them for success in the future. So thank you very much. This is a wrap for uh, our Meldon Law and Friends show this week. And uh, go out there and support the Gators. Have a good time. And uh, your family will have a good time as well. Go to a baseball game. You'll be amazed at how much fun it is. We'll see you next week on Meldon Law and Friends.